Hello, everybody. We are here today with Rose and Jolie. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So good to see you. What's been going on? Uh, I'm in Dubai. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm so excited to chat with you about all of that and why you're in Dubai. But, you know, like, just, just let's just get started. How are you? Like, what has been going on during this, this year? What is, what is up? What's going on? <laughs> Everything's good. I mean, I moved to Dubai. It's been six months now for this crazy adventure. I, I had no idea. One day um, at the end of August, I received a call from someone that works here for the NBA basketball school saying that they were looking for a, a female coach and they wanted to know if I was interested in the position. And then next thing you know, a week and a half later, I'm on a plane and then I moved to Dubai. So um, it's a major change. I've never lived elsewhere than, than home. Home for me is in Gatineau in Quebec, French Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> um, so to, to live this experience while doing something I'm passionate about it, it was like the best of both worlds. Speak to us more about that passion and your background in sports and, you know, how that came about with you growing up. Um, yeah, I, from the age of eight, I started playing basketball and I just instantly fell in love with it. And I, it was just always very natural for me. And whenever I was in a basketball gym, I've always just felt super comfortable and, and confident. Um, so I tried to play basketball for the longest uh, until I reached university. I played one year at the University of Ottawa, but while I was playing, I recovered from an ACL surgery. Um, so I was out one year, played one year for the University of Ottawa after my first year, uh, tore my ACL again. So I was out, um, decided to retire, but I was not um, ready to say goodbye to the game. So I just transferred into being a coach. Um, I've really started at the bottom, started coaching a high school uh, team they were 12 13 years old and then moved up to the high school until uh, senior year and then in Quebec we have what it, what is called a cegep so I coached five years in cegep uh, and then again out, out of a sudden I was offered to be the full-time assistant coach at the University of Ottawa um, yeah which is it's it's funny because all my life I was always just a volunteer uh, I was coaching because I wanted to give back to the community uh, all the coaches I had growing up were always um, pushing us to be involved, whether it was uh, scorekeeping, being um, an official or coaching. Um, so for me, it was very important. And I never thought one day that I, will, I would do this as a full-time job. That's so exciting. And you, know, you mentioned getting your ACL surgery, the amount of hardships and trials and tribulations. Could you touch more into what other trials and tribulations you've experienced during this journey? Uh, well, that was that was a big one for me. All my life, uh, all the decisions I had made until that point was related to basketball, related to me playing, practicing a sport that I was really in love with. So when when it happened and and I had to put an end to my career. Um, I went through a identity crisis, like a big one. It took me three years um, to, to kind of find my new path. Um, so it was a long three years of, of questions and which, what am I supposed to do in life now? Um, I, I switched school. I was going to a different university, one on the Quebec side, because it was, it was a lot cheaper than uh, on the Ontario side. And 
I was just going to school to go to school to, to have a paper because everyone around me says, well, it's important to have a diploma. We're in, in 20, at that time it was 20, 2012, 2013. So, um, so I was just going to school to go to school, but I, 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 I didn't know what my new path was. So it took me a good two, three years until I started working in the sports industry. And I, and I realized that's really something I wanted to do. But again, at that point, I had no idea that I could be a full-time coach. Like I could be a woman and it be a full-time coach because all, all my life I had been coached by men coaches. So for me, I was never surrounded by other than maybe assistant coaches, but they were not there often. Um, so at least I knew I wanted to work in the sports industry. I worked for Fo Football Canada, Swimming Canada, and then I started volunteering again with the University of Ottawa for a couple months and then the assistant coach position opened and I said yes right away when when I was offered it so that that three years of my life was uh it was tough um to not have a lot of support in and um and yeah and understand that all my life I had just given everything to basketball and I just didn't know where to go thank you for sharing that you know we've only known each other for a short period of time and say that in a couple of years and we had initially met at NBA Summer League back in 2019 in Vegas. The best experience ever. Yeah, it was. But, you know, just seeing your progress and watching you grow throughout that time has been incredible. Tell me more about what you were doing in, in, at Summer League and how that has helped you as well during this, you know, procedure and process. Yeah, um, it's uh, in, remember. It was in 2019, um, I was home on my couch. Um, I think it was a Sunday and it was only my, I was a full-time coach at that time and Sundays were my only day off if, if I had the Sunday off. So I was re just relaxing at home and then I get this message on Instagram from someone I don't know. Uh, he had been following me on, on social media for a little while um, because he liked what I was doing and, and uh, my nonprofit, all, all that kind of stuff. So anyway, he sends me this message and he shares me a video of a, a fellowship that the Toronto Raptors started a couple of years ago. And he said, hey, listen, I, I, I saw this video and I feel like you have a good chance at it. So maybe take a look at it and see if you want to apply. So I'm like, okay. So I checked the video um, and it just seemed like a crazy opportunity, this this Wayne Embry Fellowship, which I had never heard of because I'm not sure if it's because I'm from Gatineau, which is like a five hour drive away. Um, I was not in that world. We're very far from the Toronto Raptors and all kind of stuff. So, um, so right away, I felt like I needed to apply for the position um, just to give you kind of a, uh, more information about it. It's a one-year program where it's a rotation basis. So you start with the marketing team or the front office or the coaching, um, scouting, like literally at the end of that one year, you kind of have the knowledge of a general manager kind of thing. And it, it's a paid fellowship. So it's a cool opportunity. Uh, so right away, I started working on my application. <laughs> I had to um, uh, put together a two-minute video of why I, I was... Um, I, I was equipped or I was um, experienced enough to, to have that one-year fellowship. And a couple of weeks later, I got an email saying I was selected as one of the finalists for that fellowship, uh, which it was very exciting. Um, it was that year we were eight finalists out of I, apparently 100 
uh, application. So uh, after that, that was uh, in June. It, originally, it was supposed to be in March, and then it kept being pushed and pushed and pushed because the Toronto Raptors kept winning and winning and winning, and they won the world championship that year. Okay. <laughs> it was super fun, but then like, three months. Um, but it finally happened. It was a three-day interview process at the OVO Center. Um, and I remember coming back home after those three days because I was exhausted and just my parents picked me up at the train station and I just started crying. Oh. I was like, I'm so exhausted, but I point how much I wanted it. And I was just like, I'll do anything to, to like, I really wanted it. And then I found out that I didn't have it. They didn't pick me as the, the big winner a couple of days later, but it was fine because I had made all these connections. And for me, that's what was so important. So a couple, uh, that was at the end of June. So in August, that's when I met you at the summer, at the summer league. And I was there to make sure that they don't forget about me and just to make new, new and more connections out of it. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for, for that. It, it shows the resilience, the perseverance, the perseverance and what it takes to, to finally get to a point to where you are now. And you briefly mentioned it as well, Basketball Plus Org, your nonprofit. Tell us more about it and how you got started with it. Uh, um, it, it might take a long time because when I start talking about it, um, it's, uh, it's, my, it's my baby. I, um, I started it in 2017. So again, uh, a random story. Um, I was at Football Canada at that point, so I was not yet a full-time coach and I had accumulated a bunch of vacation and I had already started volunteering uh, because for me like I mentioned earlier to be involved in a community giving back and volunteering and and living new experiences and meeting new people is very important for me so I had already uh, volunteered um, back home or in Montreal with Basketball Quebec I went to Edmonton for the FIBA America's Women's Basketball Championship where I was the team liaison for Argentina and it was like the craziest experience. I was at t with Team Argentina for 10 days and it was just amazing. So anyway, I was looking for more experience, but I wanted to travel the world, which I hadn't never had the chance to do because I played a lot of basketball and we've never traveled. Um, so I was looking online for, for opportunities for Canadian nonprofits that do work outside of Canada, whether in Europe and Africa, uh, Middle East. And they all came back to me saying like, hey, thanks for your interest. But when we do work outside of Canada, we, we work with volunteers from that location. And I was like, yeah, but I wanna, like I'll pay for my own ticket. I'll pay for my food. Like you guys don't have to spend a penny on me. Like I really just wanna help. And again, like most of them came back saying, yeah, but when you're there, we still have to use like human resources to, to train you or whatever. And it's, it was, I only had three weeks. So I couldn't find, I couldn't find a nonprofit. Um, and one day I, I come to the office, I check my messages and on LinkedIn, I get a message from, um, from someone who's uh, uh, not the owner, who's funded a nonprofit in Togo. So yeah, and he said, he sent me a message and again, he was like, hey, I saw that you're very involved in sports. I saw your Instagram profile, your Twitter. Um, he thought it was more professional to send a message via LinkedIn, which is it's true because I don't think I would have ever answered otherwise. But um, 
he's like, hey, listen, we do this in Togo. Uh, this is the nonprofit. We use basketball as a positive platform to educate kids. Um, so let me know what you think. So I checked the video and just instantly fell in love with it. It was such a beautiful video and it was, I had never traveled outside of Canada other than I think like Cuba at that point. So for, for me as being kind of ignorant of what's going on outside of that world, uh, all the videos that I saw about Africa was like world vision and kids starving and, and like sad music and all that kind of stuff. His video was the complete opposite. It was kids enjoying playing basketball, although they don't like they're not wearing shoes. It was just a, a platform for them to come together. They get a coach, they get a life coach, they they give um, scholarships so the kids can go to school and that kind of stuff. So it just it just for me a, a lot of my values and and obviously the love of basketball. So I responded. I was like, hey, like this is amazing. I've been I've been actually looking for an opportunity like this. What's the next step? couple weeks I think three months later I was on a flight to Togo to meet him uh, go around the villages and, and all that kind of stuff and it was an amazing experience and it was an amazing trip um, it was about two weeks and I've learned so much and I came back home and it kind of felt selfish when I came back home I thought you know a flight to Togo is like I think it cost me twelve hundred dollars where I could have just donated that money to his nonprofit and he could have sent so many more kids to school. So I, I kept in touch with him and I was like, I really have to find a way to, to support like what he's done. And, and we were trying to, trying to like come up with ideas and stuff. And he was like, well, maybe you can come, you can become an ambassador. But I'm like, yeah, we're from Canada, there's really not much I can do. So, um, so yeah, anyway, we kept in touch and then um I, I started talking to a lot of people I know older that like have a lot of experience and they became my mentors and um a couple months later uh I gave him a call and I was like hey how's it going how's the nonprofit going how's every year in April they do this crazy basketball promotion week which is one week of just traveling from one village to the other, play basketball and that kind of stuff. And every year they build a new basketball court. So I asked him, I was like, hey, where, where's that new basketball court? Did I, did I visit the village where it's gonna be built? And he told me that that year they didn't have enough fun to build a new basketball court. And it completely broke my heart. So I was like, wow, okay, um, let me think about something and I'll get back to you. I had just recently started volunteering at the University of Ottawa. So I was like, okay, well, this is it. Like, that's the idea. So basically, Basketball Plus, we built, um, we built infrastructures. Uh, we create partnership with nonprofits around the world that do an amazing job, uh, but don't necessarily have the financial support to do it. Um, so we, together, we come up with a project, what's the financial goal, and then we offer that project to and throughout their season, they have to raise money. So we come up with the fundraising activities. Uh, we provide a project project manager. We make sure everything runs smooth. Um, and then throughout their season, they have to raise that certain amount. It's usually very, like it's kind of a small amount um, to make sure because they're, they're go to school, they're busy, they practice a sport and some of them sometimes work. So, um, and then once we've reached that goal, they also have the option to travel and visit 
the community for whom that project is going to benefit. Wow. <laughs> I'm at a loss. You touched on so many points there that, you know, just showcases humanity, it showcases you, it showcases everything that the world needs. And I'm congratulations. Thank you for, oh. for starting Gasball Plus and, and for doing all that you do. But, you know, we, we just need more people like you. And in the, in the, no. that's, that's right. That is a very heartwarming story of yours to share. What else have you learned about travel? You know, you just touched on it a little bit. You came back from feeling selfish, but what else is there that you've learned? And I'm sure that you've learned a lot from that one experience, but now being in Dubai, what else has there, there been? Yeah, um, I mean, I've learned so much. I've learned that in Canada, we, we take so many things for granted. Um, and, and I've learned um, so many things. Yeah, for, for example, one um, on that first trip, uh, when the University of Ottawa, they raised money to build a new basketball court in Togo. And we made the trip and, and we brought so many things with us because we, there was a league coming up. So uh, we brought uniforms and basketballs and, uh, and a bunch of stuff. And, and the other thing we brought was water bottles, empty water bottle yeah. uh, for the athletes when, when they play and stuff. And as soon as I opened the bag, for me, I was so excited. I was like, hey, we got those water bottles. We got a sponsor and he provided us with, with water bottles. It's great. And, and he's like, cool, what do you want me to do with them? <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, we don't have access to, to water here. Like, it's, this is, this is just, yeah. And I just telling you the story right now, I was like, oh, wow. I just got shivers as well. <laughs> that just yeah, I was like, wow. These things, it's it's unbelievable, and it's funny because in Dubai we don't have, there's no clean water either. And until I moved to Dubai, for me, not having access to clean water equaled poverty. Yeah. But in Dubai, it's the opposite. Like Dubai, it's a very rich country. It's just because we're in a desert, so that's where we don't actually have access to clean water because it's the desert. Um, so I've yeah I've I've learned uh, I've learned a lot, but but. And a lot of people say it how how sports bring people together and it's 100 percent true uh you, you put you know like you build a new basketball court you put just a ball in the middle and then all of a sudden you have 20 kids who usually have absolutely nothing to do and now they bring they come to the court and they have something um they make new friends and then you know they, they learn new things and they create relationships it's 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 true how how sports brings people together and, and just do awesome things. It's a beautiful thing. The mm. beautiful thing is you being a woman in sport. And, and you mentioned it last uh, a few se um, segments ago, being a woman in sport has never been the norm, you know, in, in, in your upbringing and being a coach, a full-time coach that's a woman. Talk to us more about the importance of being a woman in sport and what that has been like for you. Yeah. Everything, it's everything. Um, and and here I realize it even more because in the program with the NBA basketball school, it's mixed. It's it's supposed to be open for, for young girls and young boys. Um, but I think not even 10% of our members are, are little girls. And it happened so many times where I met um, a mother and she was so happy that there was a female coach here so happy she was like you have no idea how it's lacking here yeah and how the girls look at me like I've never experienced this before 
I've honestly never experienced this before how and how I would just enter a gym and it's it's I really do feel a different energy between the little girls and the little boys here and I'm not sure if it's because it's the Middle East Dubai is very different it's very Americanized um little boys often don't call me coach whereas they call my colleagues coach I'm a miss um but the little girls they actually call me coach and they look at me like the 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 they're it's fun it's good for them to have this kind of visibility like this kind of you know just to be coached by a woman because in Dubai there's really not that many women coach um but it was not always easy and still to this day like I've I've gone through things I've been here for six months and there's so many things that have happened and and even in the past it's it's really not easy and I was thinking about it the other day because I've worked I've always worked in the sports industry so I've worked at Football Canada, Swimming Canada as a basketball coach almost uh, for the past 15 years now um, and and we we talk often about women in sport but we we don't talk often about like I feel like it should be the up the other way around like like how come how come we don't have that many women in sport? Do you, do you understand what I mean? Like, yeah. can we talk about men and their egos in sport instead of talking about women in sport? Because that's where the issue is. Mm-hmm. We, we don't have their, the, and I'm, right now, it, it seems like I'm generalizing. Like, obviously I've, have, I've had great colleagues, great colleagues. And then there's some of them that haven't been nice. Um, and, and you can tell, like, it's really just by the fact that I'm a woman and I work in a sports industry and they're not willing to, to, to be told what to do or to either like even work with me. Yeah. So I feel like it's, it should be an education on both sides, not just what women should do to create their own space. And then once we try to create our own space, we're told that we're too aggressive or we're too um bitchy or we're too we're, we're trying too hard or that kind of stuff but we have to we don't have a choice if not we're not going to survive in this environment um so i think there's there's still room of improvement especially on on the educational side that was major because people don't see that side very often they just why why don't women you know do this and that to be uh, to make space for themselves in sport, or why isn't it that you know they they view nicer or or you know just settle and comply? That's not what we do. We we want to be in this space for a reason, and we're we're putting the work to do that. But why does he have to act that way towards me? And why can't he respect me? And why does he look down upon me when he should just look at me? Gladly? Exactly. Why why are they expecting so much more out of us? And we're doing already so much. But it's never enough. Oh man, <laughs> on about this, and I thank you so much for bringing in that perspective because you know, like I mentioned, a lot of people don't see it that way, and, and it's always the problem always trickles down to us when it should not be us. Well, that so, is some advice that you would want to give to not only your younger self but the the ones that are looking up to you right now. Oh, um, that's a very good question because I've I've had. Um, a lack of self-confidence, uh, insecurities my entire life. And still to this day, 
other than when I step on a basketball court <laughs> because that's where I'm most comfortable. But um, but in the work environment, um, because like I mentioned, I've always worked in the sports industry. So self-confidence, I'm liking self-confidence and insecurities and, and still to this day, but I've, I've, I know I've grown a lot and, and I've experienced enough things to, to be able to adjust. Um, but I would say, um, stop doubting yourself. You're enough. Um, and it's not because you're, you don't have, it's not because you're not old enough uh, to their eyes or not because you don't have enough experience that you shouldn't uh, be put in a certain position. Like men do that all the time where they apply for positions or they get positions that they don't even have half of the experience that was required. Um, so we should be able to do the same thing where we're confident enough that we're able to do the job and believe in yourself. And, and if, if you put the effort in it, then, then you'll, you'll do just fine. So stop doubting yourself. Thank you. What, what is something that inspires you? I wanna know more about how you make it each day. How, what, what do you wake up to and tell yourself, yes, Rose, I'm, I'm doing this because I'm doing this. What else inspires you? I, the biggest inspiration, um, insp <laughs> what is it in English? You're, you're also bilingual in French, so somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> no worries. Um, inspiration. Okay. Um, my biggest inspiration, um, her name, I've never met her and I know I will one day. Um, and it's funny because all my life I've, I've always had a hard time uh, kind of um, um, putting someone on a pedestal that is younger than me. But now I feel like maybe I'm at the age where it's okay to have a younger inspiration. But um, my best friend bought me a book for my birthday. Um, I think I was 20, 25, 25. And it was the biography of Malala. And I don't know if you've, you've heard her story or if you've heard of her, but um, long story short, she's from Pakistan and she was raised by, by this amazing man who believes in, in, in women and who believes in the education of young girls. Um, so they started this process together because he wanted to make sure that his girl, his daughter has a proper education. But in Pakistan, where they're from, it's, it's almost against <laughs> the yeah. government to, to educate young girls. Um, so they started this fight and at the age of 15, she was shot by the Taliban uh, in the head and she survived and she created this crazy big nonprofit. And um, I read this book at least three times and, and I'm so grateful that my best friend bought me this book because it completely changed my life. Like at that point, I still hadn't really traveled. I didn't go to Togo. Like this whole thing just started this, this new journey for me of wanting to give back and, and and she actually gave me the courage and the power because at the age of 15, she was already doing so much. So you can never be too young to accomplish things. She was 15 when she started, when she got shot, but she had already started that fight about making sure that all girls have access to education. Uh, so I think I was 25 or 26. I was like, oh my God, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> I need to do, I need to do more. So she gave me that that power and that courage them to start traveling alone because so many times I travel to 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 whenever I travel from a nonprofit I travel alone and people are like oh my god you're a girl and you travel alone and I'm like yeah man I shouldn't I shouldn't be that shouldn't be something to fear 
but yeah exactly like why why is it like that so yeah she she gave she gives me a lot of strength every day when i think about her wow I, on the note of travel again like i, I mentioned to you earlier i took the leap and i've been in mexico for the past couple months and i've gotten a lot of feedback in regards to oh like aren't you afraid or oh like shouldn't you're a woman you're a solo, solo woman like no we why should that be the thought when we as women are strong we're capable we're fully don't worry like don't worry like we'll be fine and yeah shown that through all that you do what is next like I know obviously you're still in the basketball world and and these are all your um you know this is your life but what other ventures could we expect from you Rose oh that's a tough question <laughs> all my life I've, I've just gone with the flow like I like I mentioned earlier I, I never thought I would be a full-time co coach because I I never really thought that a woman could be a full-time coach and then here I am I'm a full-time coach and, and I'm, I'm doing this for a living um, I until I read Malala's book like I never thought I would start my own nonprofit, and and we've been now it's three years we've put our third project on hold but we've accomplished three projects so far um, so I'm not sure what's next for me. I might be in Dubai for a year for, I don't know how long. Um, I mean, I would love to work for the NBA. I would love to work for the WNBA. Uh, I'm not sure if my path is, uh, more on, on the court as a coach or on the operation side, front office, maybe general manager one day, like really at this point, sky is the limit. There is, um, I can feel it happening for you. I, I <laughs> I, you don't even, you're saying like, I, I want to, but I, I can feel it. It's going to happen. Continue. Uh, <laughs> that's really nice of you. I, I feel like I have strength on the coaching side and I have a lot of strength on the operation side. Um, so I would be more than happy to have, to experience either or. Uh, but like I said, it's, it's very tough for me to, to point point exactly what I want to do because I've, I've always lived my life with just going with the flow and whatever opportunity comes, I'll jump on it. Um, so we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm so moved, you know, just hearing your story and hearing all that you just shared has really opened my eyes even more to things. And I'm just so proud of you. And, and the time I've known you again, has been very short, but just seeing how you've progressed to get to this point of your life has been amazing to watch. And the, the amount of things that you continue to do to push being a woman in sport and the fact that you're where you are right now in Dubai, coaching full-time is just so remarkable to see. So thank you so much, Rose, for sharing all of that and doing everything that you do and taking the time to speak with me today. So thank you, thank you, thank you. No, oh, thank you. Like I said earlier, I feel very honored to be part of this this show with you and, and you inspire me. And, and I hope you know that you inspire me as much as I inspire you and, and we're in this together. That's where this always happens whenever we get into a conversation, but that that really means a lot to me. And and the fact I, I gotta bring it up. Rose flew out to my birthday, y'all. Last August, she flew out to my birthday. Okay. <laughs> Many, you know, summer shindig, I guess you want to call it. And Rose, she was in attendance, okay? <laughs> <laughs> So thank you so much. You're beautiful. <laughs> you are too. Enjoy yourself. Stay safe. I will see you soon for sure. Very soon.
Yeah.